Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where we're going to learn about life at Sweet Valley the hard way. Book number 70, Ms. Quarterback. A girl on the football team? Hello, it is me. Welcome back to Sweet Valley Diaries after this long, long hiatus. Um, I am your host, Marissa Flaxbart, and I have with me a guest that I am so excited to be speaking to in this way. The one and only Jordan Cruciola, my colleague, my... um, I was going to say my muse, but if anything, I feel like I'm your muse <laughs> for the art that you do. Podcaster Those extraordinaire. Are fun options. Yeah. A host of Disaster Girls podcast, the whole movie pod, Ots Tyrion, <laughs> and of course, Feeling Scene on Maximum and Fun. And of course. The, uh, one of the podcasts that has uh, turned my hobby into my full-time job, <laughs> which listeners of Sweet Valley Diaries might not be too thrilled about because it has uh, slowed down the old output over here. But I'm so happy to be back. And welcome to the show, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. I really do feel like this was probably the perfect book the perfect entry for me yes. to have been given to discuss. And we're in this stage of the series where I am reading the books for the first time um, ah. along with the, but but I had a feeling and I, I didn't have to get very far into this book before I was extra excited about the idea of talking to you about this universe period because I mm. as the producer of a feeling scene I get to listen um, repeatedly over and over again to every episode of Jordan <laughs> talking about uh, like I've gotten a sense yeah, yeah. of a lot of your opinions about kind of like friendship and the importance of it but also just kind of different kinds of characters that maybe you find yourself drawn to or not drawn to so anyway this is a rich tapestry um so let me start i think you just answered the question that we usually start with here which is was this your first sweet valley high book yeah this was the this was the first sweet valley high book and i think that my guess is that every issue does the same thing of essentially setting everything up like it could be your first Sweet Valley book. Yes. Like, it's like, this is like, like the Oracle, the high school's newspaper. Mm. Like, this is clearly 70 books in, but it gives you like a setup for basically everything it introduces. Right. Well, I think you have, like, just in your choice of words, you have already shown a great understanding of how this series worked because you said issue which i often describe how these books are they they were published every month like a with a team of people yeah this is like this is a serial yeah like this is like a if it had like it's it's just missing missing pictures it would just be like a comic like i would expect this to be coming out in like like seasons basically sure it's a little bit of a it's got a little bit of an archie vibe maybe the if right yeah if archie yeah. were all about mostly girls <laughs> yeah um, in this book, not only does it get you up to speed with like Elizabeth Wakefield and her twin sister, and here's how they're different, and <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, here's all the cast of characters, but there was also a ton of catching up on the events of the last couple books, which have been intense. And I know, and I was wondering because it was there's obviously the mention of like a hate crime in this book, yeah, that it it like it mentions a hate crime in a way that like this is really fucked up sweet valley high um but like 
this book isn't about that crime. Right. So it just, like, we just, like, get a mention of how, like, Jessica and Elizabeth are actively involved in doing something about it, but then we don't hear about it again. So I was like, <laughs> I hope this is something they've gotten further into that was the, in other books. That was the entirety of the previous book. But it is funny okay. that early on in this in the in this book, they talk about how the school is still reeling from recent events. And I think it's Elizabeth who says to Jessica, I wish more people were talking about what happened to Andy. And yeah. And then, yes, like you said, we find out that we they're involved. But that's it. That is the book putting that to bed. Like, don't worry, they're yeah. dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, they're they're dealing with it. And which is which is like, OK, I know, again, we're many books in. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna charitably assume that they've given this more space in another issue mm. because it was like wow the I wish more people would talk about this straight into never talking about it again was like especially and even with like clearly Jessica's the evil twin oh yeah but like even to have her be like she's involved in like a task force too but have her Liz inner monologue be like it seemed like Jessica was even getting bored by it it was like damn <laughs> rough read on jessica uh you really get the full jessica experience in this book because she's Thank at God. her worst that's the experience jordan cruciola needs yes in yes oh uh, we're getting there um so so what we have in this book which is book number 70 um ms quarterback um we have another issues book sort of it's just like a much less heavy yeah. issue picking up on um, a character that was introduced in the previous book, new to Sweet Valley, called okay. Claire Middleton. And all we got mm -hmm. of Claire in the previous book was that she was new and that she was very, she seemed maybe like she was shy because she was so uh -huh. like reticent and kept to herself, which yeah. bears out at the beginning. Before we dive into the plot, um, let's talk a little bit about the cover of the book. <laughs> I don't know. You read the Kindle edition, so I don't know if you got to. In wow. Do they always look like Barbies? Oh, like that's not a yeah, human face. Yeah, they do. They do kind that of. That looks like it. That looks like a. And that looks like what AI makes as people. <laughs> yes. Like she just needs six fingers, and that would be an AI generated. <laughs> I was seeing her in my mind. She was one hundred percent Amber Mid Thunder. One hundred. Oh, I like that a lot. I like that. Uh, this would be. She has long, straight, beautiful chestnut hair. But beyond that, she's <laughs> yeah. the only thing that's not like typical cover of Sweet Valley High novel about this cover is that the girl in question is wearing a football jersey that says SV on it. She's clearly got the shoulder, um, yeah, padding she's got the shoulder and pads in. She's holding the football. And she's holding a football. She looks very serious. She's a very strong jawline. She does. She does. This book uh, described Claire. I almost said Claire Midthunder. Um, <laughs> it's in my head now. Describe Claire Middleton as someone who was did like her. She never dressed in a very feminine way, but then it yeah. went on to basically describe a person wearing clothes. Like she <laughs> it was. I loved that. Like it describes. Because like this book is like trying. Like it seems clear that the series is like trying to do nice things. Um, but it was funny reading, like, she looked like a tomboy, but was softened by. It was like, mm, yeah, soften the tomboy. Like, Welcome. But, like, she looked like a tomboy, but was less dykey because of her hair and pretty face. It was like... Okay, Sweet Valley yeah, High. Yeah, right. That's um, welcome to Sweet Valley High and also to the year <laughs> of our Lord, 1990. Um, another. I mean, honestly, for 1990... It's fairly tuned in. I yeah, feel. you're almost like, like, wow, this book is ahead of its time. I don't. We didn't have Title Nine. Um, yeah, like a, a little like nine, knowing 1990 
it's it like it becomes it's it feels almost like a it feels almost like almost like christian propaganda in 2023 like what if the world were all kind but then you think of it coming out in 1990 it's like damn this is like forward thinking yes but um what happens to claire in this book is not all kind so let's get into it we start is in fact savage savage it is like sorority row level like opening there are parts of this book where i was just sitting on my bed last night reading it just like mouth agape like this isn't gonna happen right this isn't gonna happen gasping yes i was gasping it's no hate crime but it's not great (laughs) it's it's systematic bullying yeah yeah like Like, oh my god this is like as bad as bullying could get i mean at its peak it is as bad as bullying could get in the pre uh, cyberbullying yeah, without the era. internet yeah. yeah without the internet this is like as bad as it gets oh god like the, a group a group of people in this case girls recruiting others to bully a person in an organized way for an end result of driving them away from an activity they're participating in like that's so bad partially because of a personal they, vendetta the subject they unknowingly localize in on makes what they do like the worst possible personal attack you could levy at someone and publicly. Okay, so gladiators, with that in mind, <laughs> that is that is sort of the climax of the book. Let's we'll dive in at the beginning. There's a big pep rally. Coach Schultz is supposed to announce something about the football team. The gladiators, yeah. hey, the Sweet Valley Gladiators, where the listeners get their nickname from. And there's, like, rumors going around that Scott Trost, who took over as quarterback when Ken Matthews went blind, exactly <laughs> 10 books Following ago. Following his dramatic brain yes. injury from a car That accident. was the climactic finale to the previous season of this podcast, because that was Damn. book 60. So 10 books ago, wow. Ken Matthews went blind. By the end of the book, he was starting to maybe have some glimmer of hope that he would recover his sight. Got together okay. with Terry in that book, Okay. Yeah. So that's also a past event that are described a lot in this book. We're returning to the topic. But now Scott Trost is having a really hard time keeping his grades up. He's probably going to go on academic suspension from sports. And because of this survey that the Oracle, the newspaper, did recently, Mm. Elizabeth knows that some girl in Sweet Valley High is interested in playing football. Yes. So... What happens at this uh, rally is that Coach Schultz announces that he's going to open up tryouts. Like, Scott Trost is going to play the next game against Palisades, but then the big game against Big Mesa will determine if we're the champions and uh, that we're going to need a different quarterback for that. I did like how they, for a second, I was like, who's writing this about football? Because for a second it was like, it's like we're gonna hold open tryouts for a football for for a quarterback, and I was like, "What? What has? Ha- what is going on on this team?" And then it's like, "And this is why the second stream quarterback is out." And this is why the- I was like, "Okay, we have established that they have run out of quarterback resources <laughs> at the varsity level." Because I was like, 
their quarterback. So now they're just going to be like, that's it, guys. Open call. It's like, you don't have a bench whatsoever. Can we, but it resolves Can we just concern. pause to say, rough year for the Sweet Valley High football team. They're doing great Especially, scores, but their one quarterback yeah. goes blind. And then yeah. their their JV quarterback is too, gets so injured that he can't play. And then their replacement. Yeah, there's a hamstring injury to, yeah. the, to the second string quarterback. The replacement like, varsity and, and yet, one. And yet. It can't pass they're, classes. They're like. Tops tied for tops in their division. This must be a well-rounded squad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so un- r- immediately after the rally, um, Elizabeth is told by the Oracle editor, Penny Ayala, that she needs to do a quick interview with this new girl, Claire Middleton, for a, yeah. a series, a little, little quick article in the newspaper about new students at Sweet Valley High. Um, so, uh, do you want to tell us about this first interview between Elizabeth and um, Claire? How did I, it strike you? I am so glad because we meet, like, I meet Liz. And she's got a boyfriend, Todd, and she's got a friend, Enid. And Liz is, like, derelict on her assignment. She should have interviewed Claire before, but now she's finally doing it. She's on deadline. And, like, we've established, Claire doesn't really want to open up. She's pretty sullen. And I am so glad that Liz acknowledges in this book that she was did a shitty job because <laughs> it was it was like Claire is not doing a good job like I'm reading this like not Claire Liz and like she's asking her questions and it's it's total puff beast questions like it's but it Jordan is a journalist everybody too you guys yeah Liz is Liz is, and like is an aspiring journalist like she seems like like she's ready for she's 16 career. you know we'll give her kind yeah. of a little slack but yeah she's asking really leading questions and also yeah she's asking she is giving her source her conclusion like mm-hmm. she is not asking like she's not she's not trying to get an interview she's trying to get information that supports the information she can she also get. asks Penny I noticed this do you have some kind of angle that you're going for before she goes in which I thought was kind of an interesting question well, and, and, and there was, and the angle is, I mean, you have the angle, kiddo. Like, you have the angle. It's new students at Sweet Valley. Yeah. Like, that's the angle. It's not just like, hey, Claire, we're talking to you for no reason. Like, you have the angle. Yeah. And so you know that. And so, but like, they're sitting there and like, Claire's really reluctant to talk. And she's like, I'm nothing special. There's not much to say about me. And this is where we see like, the, she's a tomboy, but she's softened by how pretty she is kind of thing. Yeah, she's wearing and a, a like, loose fitting sweater and jeans. What kind yeah. of woman is this? <laughs> Yeah. Like she's is she exclusive on campus sorority material? We'll find out. And Liz is like I'm reading it and it's like Liz, just ask her what she likes about football. Stop like your your line of questioning is dead in the water. So like try and find what makes her happy and then once you've found what makes her happy, don't take a side road off that like stick with it for a minute you have no rapport with this person so you need to like diverge for a minute to build rapport and when she starts getting responsive about football stop like don't immediately dive into like so who made football important to you in your life be like what do you like about the game like you don't think it's interesting but I do like you know what a lot of other people might like we don't often like interview girls about football and what they like about it so I'd love to hear your perspective and I was just like she's just destroying this interview like it's terrible and like alienates Claire Claire marches away and I was like so real because I was getting the sense that I'm supposed to believe Liz is like a crack little teen journalist yeah and so I was like so she isn't like she's not good at this right and like yes this is a difficult source but 
So fortunately, later on, Liz has a moment with herself where she's like, I'm really doing a she bad job. She says this more than this once. Person. In fact, right after this yes, interview. multiple times. She says, I'm going to read from the book here. She says, if the interview hadn't gone well, it was her own fault, not Claire's. Maybe she had somehow insulted Claire. She went over all the questions she'd asked, but they seemed pretty ordinary and inoffensive. Elizabeth hoped she would get another chance to talk to Claire, or else she wouldn't have much of a story to write up for Penny. And let me actually just go back a second and read just a little bit of the... So, like Jordan said, Claire is being very terse with her responses until the subject of football comes up, and Elizabeth is clocking how she's lighting up. Of course, I thought of you, Jordan, because this happens all the time on the show we make together. You gotta find the intro! Yeah, somebody is maybe being... I mean, not like Claire terse, but, you know, you get to the point where... Just like they're, they're there's doing an opening press and like they're they're done with doing press yeah so claire is excited talking about football and elizabeth is clocking that um talking about football had definitely sparked claire's interest in 10 seconds she'd gone from being withdrawn and shy to being totally involved in the interview scribbling down the information elizabeth pressed any particular reason you're such a football buff that's not so typical for girls i've always liked it claire said pushing her dark hair back and giving a small shrug And I'm pretty intense about the things I like. I'm not good at doing things halfway. Great, Elizabeth said, writing quickly. It was looking more and more as if Claire were the mystery girl football player. She looked over her (laughs) notes. Is there anything else? Any brothers or sisters who've transferred to Sweet Valley High too? Claire's bright expression was suddenly replaced by a frown, and she slumped over her books. No, no brothers or sisters, she said. Looking nervously at Elizabeth, she gathered her books and stood up. Sorry, she added. I told you, I'm not exactly a thrilled interview. So, and then it's basically interview over. <laughs> it's all in like, and like, and like, Liz, why did you need to make the interview suddenly about somebody that wasn't Claire? Like, any brothers or sisters? Yeah. It's like, we're not interviewing her brothers or sisters right now, Liz. We're interviewing Claire about what it's like yeah. to come to Sweet Valley High and how her acclimation period has been. So, like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Liz? And again, thank God, the. Liz knows she fucked it up and then later on is like I'm not getting what I need because I'm not doing a good enough job and it's like you're 100% right Liz so this actually causes Liz to uh, this is just a little setup here. This causes Liz to ask Jessica if she's met Claire. Like, like I got, I, yeah. I, there's something about Claire I can't quite, quite get a read on. Like, do you know her? Are these girls, are there, are these twins like the it girls in Sweet Valley High? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. They just, kind of just making, both that's are, what I was, uh, weirdly. Because yeah. Elizabeth, I think, is probably the most popular girl in school in the truest sense, where, like, yeah, the yeah, most yeah. people, like... Most popular in the way that, like, honestly, like, my father, who was a, a celebrity on this podcast, was voted most popular in high school, not because I mean, he was I a... met him on a Zoom for, like, a minute, and I completely see it. It's just it. because the most people were like, yes, this is my friend that I like, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, just, like, I was like, I'd known him forever. He sits down, we're chatting. And then Jessica is, like, the actually stereotypical most popular girl in that yeah, she's like she's the, the queen. she's the HBIC. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. But Jessica's like, I don't really know her, but we were thinking about inviting her to be in Pi Beta Alpha because PBA is having a sort of identity crisis or something, you know, like... Reckoning for being reckoning. too elitist. Yes. So I'm only setting this up because then Jessica goes to talk to Claire. Mm. Very... Um, this was an interesting exchange. She goes up and just sort of says something to Claire... In the bleachers one day, this is a, a later day, and she's, it's, uh, maybe it's after the Palisades game, but before the tryouts, 
It's before the tryouts for sure. And Jessica is wearing her cheerleading uniform. Another thing that's... And Claire's a straight up ass. She is. Okay. Yes. She was like a bitch. Fully. And I was like, oh, fuck you. Like, you are mean. You are being... You don't know this girl's agenda yet. Like, you don't know that she's... She's not even like... She's not even full on using her. It's like, well, she could be good for the sorority kind of thing. But she's not like... She's not at that point conspiring against Claire. Her her ulterior motive is totally benign. So, like, maybe she is, like, Pi Beta Alpha's material. And Claire is just fucking rude to her. Yeah. And it is it is one of those things where, like, if Claire... If Jessica had given um, Claire a little bit more of the full Jessica treatment, it would have been understandable... Yeah. That Claire was so sassy with her. But Claire is just sassy, gosh, like right off the bat. I'm looking for... Yeah, Jessica doesn't even have a chance to be seemingly herself and be an asshole. (laughs) She just like really is trying to make chit chat. And I get that if you don't want to talk and you're very very insular, that's fine. But like don't meet someone and immediately begin insulting them. Right. Just like, hey, the things you care about are stupid and shitty. Like what the fuck? Like I'm going to read it. So Claire has just kind of revealed to Jessica that she knows a lot about football. Um, So it is just right after the Palisades game. You sound like you really know your stuff, Jessica said. Her tone was half admiring, half puzzled. Did I sound half admiring, half puzzled? Maybe a little bit more like, (laughs) you sound like you really know your stuff. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm pretty obsessive about football. Claire looked critically at Jessica's cheerleading uniform. The disdain on Claire's face was obvious. Don't you think being a cheerleader is just a little bit sexist? She blurted out. After all, it's just a bunch of girls prancing around in cute little costumes. Jessica stared at Claire. No one spoke to Jessica Wakefield like that. Yeah, no one speaks to Jessica Wakefield like that. And no one's... Don't be an asshole. Don't speak to someone you just met like that. Who is clearly the twin sister of someone who you've... Anyway, maybe that's the yeah, problem. Yeah, on every level, you are in the wrong, Claire. <laughs> it, it goes on because um, it yeah, she says... down! All thoughts of inviting Claire to join Pi Beta Alpha vanished from Jessica's mind. What was wrong with Claire, she wondered. Goddamn maybe right. she didn't want to be a cheerleader, but that didn't give her the right to be so critical. Which I agree with you, Jordan. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's true. That's 100% true. We happen to work very hard, and it's not sexist. We never said boys couldn't join, which I love that that's her her rejoinder. I don't think that's what Claire yes. meant, but okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like no, it's it's this you are you are gender humiliating yourself is what is what yeah. Claire is telling her. Um cheerleading is a lot more than just wearing our uniforms for your information. Claire shrugged, but didn't even bother to look at Jessica. Suit yourself. I think you'd do yourselves and everyone else a lot more good if you played a sport instead of jumping around and screaming. That is so that is so incredibly mean. It is. And this is where Jessica says, I referenced this in my intro. Jessica does think on this. She says, Well, thanks for the advice. And then um it says, Oh, I guess this isn't right here. But she does later on think she's going to... Jessica's going to show Claire what life at Sweet, in Sweet Valley was like the hard way. Like, Claire was yeah, going to learn the hard, the hard way. way. And I was she's like, going to learn what life in Sweet Valley is like the hard way. You did, you did cross the wrong person. Every reader is like, uh-oh, what's going to happen yeah, to Claire and, now? <laughs> I mean, I knew, new reader. I was like, uh-oh. Like, this is... But damn, like... 
you're anti fem and this was like I love that knowing it's 1990, the like second wave feminism of <laughs> like you out there prancing around in your little oh outfits exploiting yourself. This is kind like, of setting wow. setting up that whole like third wave situation for sure, like responsive. Yes. Uh, is the level of cruelty of what Jessica proceeds to do, is that pretty typical for these books? Because I was like, Jesus, this is really mean. I think that, so what ends up happening in this book, the how pointed it is, it like is more cruel than usual, but because Jessica doesn't actually understand how bad what she's doing is, right. that like the level of, of prankitude that is sort of can be pretty typical Jessica behavior if you cross Damn. Jessica or honestly that's still pretty mean if she just like that's still like yeah just like like public humiliation like organized attack like that's right really mean um so we have like at this point when Jessica talks to Claire Claire has not even like signed up to try out but of course she does Claire signs up to try out for the football team but she's not the only one the other half of our story here is that Ken Matthews whose vision is like 95% uh yeah. he wants to try now again for his old spot um gladiators you may or may not recall that Terry Adams this girl he's been dating is like the chief statistician or like a student manager or something of this high school football yeah, she's, team. She's been promoted recently yeah. to assistant manager. And I thought it was interesting that the book spells out that Terry, like she would thought it was interesting that Claire wanted to play football. Terry also really loves football, but she never really thought about playing. She likes kind of like yeah. the numbers and the, and watching it more. She doesn't really care the that much. Strategy. About the, the, yeah. So I thought that it was cool that it at least touched on that. It wasn't like Terry wished that she could be the one that was playing football. Exactly. But I the, the when this book fully pivots into Terry POV and we are in an obsession thriller, <laughs> I was like, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> like I was like, OK, this is like these are teens like this is in its way so extremely teen. But it was also like, hey, Ken, like, Terry, how dare you make me root for a man? Like, how dare you? Like, I was, I wanted Ken to be able to hear all of Terry's inner monologue and fucking dump her. <laughs> well, here's. Oh, my God. Here's an example of something that Ken says where you're like, Ken, part of me feels hurt by this, but part of me also thinks that you're probably right. So... Yeah, like, Ken has a, mo a few moments where mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, Ken, that was a little heavy-handed. Like, you, this requires dialogue. And again, you're children. You're children, right. so I get that you're not, like, completely, uh, acutely emotionally processing everything as it's happening. Most adults aren't. But, like, there were a few things where, like, the way Ken was kind of a jerk were ways that I understood. The way Terry is coming completely undone i was like you're a danger yeah. to those around you well so the issue is i want to gonna say twofold but it, i don't know how many folds there are part of the issue is that <laughs> terry and ken got together when ken was blind and yeah. they'd never been together In dire straits, man. when ken was sighted and Terry doesn't know how this change is going to make ken feel about her like will he still love her 
when he's his old self again, basically. Yeah. Then there's the element of... When he doesn't need her. Yeah. Then there's the element of his eyesight, which makes Terry worried that he's not actually ready to play and he's going to hurt himself or and she's be so devastated right again. She is right she is. for that. So He's had a really traumatic brain injury. Yeah. I have a hard time believing his doctors would be like, yeah, you It's like her. a few months later, this book tells us. Whew. You know? And the... Um, there's also the element of Ken is getting a lot of attention as soon as the tryouts mm. are announced because everybody thinks that he's going to be the one to save the day for Sweet Valley. And so Terry's getting this glimpse of the old Ken and how much less time with him she's getting, which is where you start to be like, OK, Terry, slow your roll. Here's something that Ken says to Terry. Um uh, Terry hadn't been her usual self for the rest of the evening. This is after a night at Dairy Burger where everybody's talking to Ken. And eventually, Ken noticed how quiet she was. When he asked her about it, she tried to make up an excuse, but she knew it sounded pretty lame. Well, now that I may be getting back on the football team, I hope you're not going to turn out to be the kind of girl who gets jealous whenever you spend time away from her, at practice or talking about the game or whatever. He shrugged. You know, the kind of girl who acts like you're a jerk just because they're not hanging all over her every minute. And, like, that's a little heavy-handed, yeah. but, like, I see where he's going, but it's like, yeah. hey, Ken, that's an insensitive way to it express is. yourself. It is, and Terry's thought, because we're, we're in her head now, uh, in the way that this these, this book series does, like, no other <laughs> switching POVs. <laughs> um, Terry just stared at him. She was hardly that kind of girl. She loved football. And how could he say that in front of John and Jennifer? She was so embarrassed. Still, yeah, that's cold. Yeah. Like, in front of people? Yeah. They say a lot of things in front of people to each other that they shouldn't, but they both do. (laughs) Still, in the back of her mind, Terry knew that what Ken had said was partly true. She had been upset because he'd been ignoring her. So she's trying to pretend like nothing's wrong, but she's got this thing. Usually this is happening, this kind of thing is happening between Elizabeth and Todd, where there's just some sort of needless sure. needless jealousy that's peeking <laughs> up for no reason. And that really kicks off when Claire not only tries out for the football team, but is obviously great. Of course we knew this was going to happen. She's such a yeah, fast yeah. runner. And she... Yeah. And Ken quickly rise to the she top. She can like of the almost heap. run a four forty. She's like she's agile. She's lean. She's small. Like it's given her an advantage. She's dodging tackles. Like Ken's got a stronger arm, but hers is not anything to scoff at. Yeah, like, she's really fucking good. Yeah, and Ken in just like being like for Terry to be like. I'm not that kind of girl. Terry then proceeds to spend the rest of the book being 150 fucking percent that kind of girl. It's so it's really kind of tragic to watch because she can feel it happening, but she can't stop it. Like, so she knows that, like, if she tells she feels like if she tells Ken what she's feeling, he is going to break up with her because she's being exactly the kind of girl he doesn't want to be with. But if she doesn't tell him what she's feeling, she is just going to continue to get more, more and more jealous of Claire who Ken is being such a mensch about the whole thing with Claire. He doesn't give a shit that Claire is a girl. He thinks it's awesome that she's trying out for the football team. And it's like aware of what she's going through. Like he expresses at a certain point when Terry pushes him a little bit about like, you're just so obsessed with Claire. He's like, she is dealing with a lot of bullshit right now. Like people are rooting against her. They're being mean to her and she's really good. Like he's not even just being like, we're friends. What's the problem? Like he's expressing that this is really hard and she needs and deserves support. And the fact, and like as Terry, like Terry, 
Because, like, it, listen, Terry, listen. <laughs> if this was, like, a month, a two-month-long saga that you just could not pull yourself out from under and you just kept spiraling further and further, I would have, like, a little more sympathy for you. This tryout period is, like, a couple of days. And from the moment it starts to, through the big game, like, up to the big game when they finally have their, their conversation... She's like, I can feel it. He loves Claire. Mm -hmm. He's falling in love with Claire. He doesn't need me anymore. It's like, Terry, it has been 48 goddamn hours. (laughs) You need to simmer the fuck down. Yes. She's like, look at her. She's so pretty and she's so athletic. And look at, he's smiling at her and he patted her on the shoulder. Like, does he want a girl like Claire? He wants a girl like Claire. Like, it is, it is madness. And it is immediate. And it's like, Hey, like, cause there's that, there is that very like good perspective part where she talks about like, you know, she was concerned when she was getting together with Ken that she didn't want him to be dependent on her. Right. She didn't want to just to be with him just cause he needed her. So she like pulled back a she little bit. She was very wise. And then they came. Yes. And they came together when he was like, no, I feel the same way about you as, you know, I share your feelings. Mm-hmm. And then they got together. So it was like, this is demonstrating somebody who had an incredible amount of maturity in a really desperate time when she had also like, as she expresses, like she had eyes for Ken. It sounds like probably the whole school did before he really even knew she existed oh, kind of thing. So she's like. like pining for him in the background. Then she finally gets together with Prince Charming. So like a lot is riding on this for Terry. Beyond the specific, like, the finite scope of the relationship. Like, there's a lot of sense of self tied up in this. Like, I get it. Imposter syndrome. Like, self-doubt. But, like, the rapidity with which Terry starts going fatal attraction is, like, (laughs) listen, Terry... This is not going to be a just now problem. When you guys go off to college, if you don't go to the same place, you what are you going to do? What are you going to do every night when you're sure Ken is sleeping with another girl? Like, (laughs) this is a problem for you (laughs) in a deep way. And you are freaking me the fuck out, man. Yeah. Like, he's in love with her. It's like. She's like, we spend alone time together yeah. all the time. It's like, what I'm hearing, Terry, is that this is the first time he's spent time away from you ever in these past mm-hmm. few months. And you are, you cannot cope. And the idea of him talking to another girl, in fact, is not something you can handle. Yeah, I had an, I did have a very low level, oh, oh my, my God, God moment, moment in this book, which is the part of the book where I say, oh my God, out loud. There are lots of different reasons that this happens, but in this case, it was a kind <laughs> of like under my breath, like, oh my God, you know, and yeah. it was directly related to this. So, um, Claire, I guess I should say that Claire's trajectory within Sweet Valley High in terms of the football situation is that... She has some strong supporters, Dana Larson, Elizabeth, uh-huh. and they've even gotten some boys to be supportive of of the thing. Yeah. And then there are men and women who are described as like a vocal majority that think it's ridiculous that she wants to yeah. be the quarterback. Although that does start to change a little bit as she has shown how good she is. Yeah. But um, as we'll talk a little bit more about how Jessica uh, and the cheerleaders Mm-hmm. Um, enlist some uh, pranks to start happening. Some boys that are like basically other guys that 
Claire beat out for the quarterback. Yeah, or have been, they feel Top, slighted yeah. by Claire being better Because the, the list keeps on getting narrower and now, narrower. It's like callbacks, basically, until it's down to, like, yeah. three people. Ken, Claire, and this guy named, I want to say, like, Dan or... Danny something? Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's the only, and he's, like, a distant third behind them. Yeah, so here's a conversation between... Um, Terry and Claire. She's t- basically Claire says, uh, "Is this where she finds Claire crying in the locker room?" No, but let's talk about that in a second. I guess actually, before we talk about the pranks, I'll just tell you the oh my god moment since I brought it up, and it's related to what you were just talking about. Um, Terry watched Claire closely. She didn't quite believe Claire when Claire said that the pranks hadn't bothered her because Claire is like these pranks. It just solidifies my my vision. I don't care about this bullshit, right? Um, She might try hard to seem tough, but her voice had shaken a little when she described the notes she'd received. Of course it must hurt her, Terry realized. A person would have to be made of stone not to be affected. But Terry's sympathy vanished the next minute. That's another reason why Ken is so great, Claire said, bending over to lace up her shoes. He's the only grown-up on the whole team. He's not afraid of competition. He's an incredible guy, Terry. You're really lucky to be with him, you know that? She looked wistful. He reminds me... He reminds me of someone really wonderful I used to know, she added softly. Terry felt her stomach lurch. She could have sworn Claire's eyes had actually misted over. Claire was usually so controlled, but it was clear she felt strongly about Ken. Terry bit her lip. She was certain that some kind of intense feeling had sprung up between Ken and Claire. They looked so happy when they talked about each other, and they'd only been spending every single afternoon together. For, like, two days. <laughs> yeah. Every single afternoon. Playing football on the same football two team. two days. It's like, Terry, were you ever this jealous of any of the guys on the football team? Hmm? <laughs> right? Uh, you, you know what's going on in that shower, Terry? Uh, Terry felt a sinking feeling in the pit of her stomach. It was probably only a matter of time before Ken would break up with her so he could spend Jesus. all his time with Claire. And I said, oh, my God. This, again, we are, like, 48 (laughs) hours into her crisis, and this is where she's at. Like, it is. And then, like, like, there's that, which is just, like, holy shit, Terry. Like, find a friend. Talk this through. (laughs) This is Where's Elizabeth when you need her? (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then, further into her fucking delusion, she's in the locker room. She hears crying. In like in the in the locker area, and she goes and sees like she sees Claire like slumped over and crying, sitting on a bench while she's like getting ready to head out to the field, and there's like an awkward exchange because Claire clearly doesn't want to be caught crying, and Terry, instead of just being a she instead of in that moment being a person being like, you okay? Like she panics because she's just having all mm-hmm. these terrible judgmental thoughts about Claire. And then suddenly she sees her and is forced to consider sympathy and doesn't know what to do. And then sees this photo yes. in Claire's locker of a boy, with the name Ted on it. And so she starts spinning up this like, well, that's Ted. Ted must be an ex. Ted must be an ex. And Ken reminds her of Ted. And now she has mm-hmm. to replace Ted with Ken. And like, she finds a girl cry. She hears, she has this conversation where she realizes she's being bullied. She spirals into some weird fantasy. Mm-hmm. Then she sees her crying. Like she's the person, yeah. who, only person who is seeing Claire have vulnerable moments. Finds her crying. And then after she finds her crying, decides she's going to become complicit in the bullying campaign of the cheerleaders 
by feeding them what she thinks is like factual personal information about Claire based only on speculation. And even before we find out the egregious truth of who Ted is, that is so fucked up to do. Like you found a girl crying. So you're going to take information you surreptitiously gathered by peeking into her (laughs) locker and using that to hurt her in front of the school. Fuck Terry. I hope Ken, I hope Ken blocks your number. <laughs> Lose my number. Don't call Terry. You're sick. You're a sick individual. She has this weird justification she does for it, too, where she actually even invokes Claire. So the backstory yes. of this is that Jessica, of course, has told the other cheerleaders what um, Claire said about how cheerleaders were anti-feminist or whatever. Which Claire deserves that. If yeah. Claire's going to say that shit, then Jessica can go to the team and be like, did you know that Claire thinks we're all fucking idiots out here so, and embarrassing ourselves. Yeah. So even the most reasonable of the cheerleaders like Robin Wilson or like Jeannie West, they're still like, that sucks. Wow. Yeah. That's, and they're kind yeah, like, of they're like real, They're totally behind Claire. And they're like, what she's doing is really cool. And then they hear that and they're like, wow, that's so mean. What did we ever do to her? The answer is yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the cheerleaders are doing some kind of competition to come up with a new cheer because Jessica, yeah, Jessica is hates bored the of the old cheers. And she's trying yeah. to get the attention of a guy that she thinks is hot, of course. It's a, Jessica. Yeah. She, the, and the, the mooning over, like, he's shot, like, she just wants to be noticed. And she, God, what a teen girl to be like, this shy boy on the football team isn't noticing me. But if I make up a really good cheer, he's going to think, he's going to so want to talk to me and think of, it's like, Jessica. He doesn't care. And he he couldn't <laughs> tell you a single cheer that you've done a million yeah. times. This 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 is he's just not that into you. Like <laughs> like I, there's this is not the thing that is going to catapult you in his mind to being somebody he's gonna like come out of his shell for. Jessica. Right. In fact, we can quickly take a step over to the part of the podcast where we talk about boys. This is if we get a sexy description <laughs> of a boy. Um, uh, For the first time in days, Jessica felt good about cheerleading. The truth was, she'd had a private reason for wanting a new cheer that would really get everyone's (laughs) attention. She'd been noticing Danny Porter a lot lately. Not only was Danny the wide receiver for the gladiators, but he had an incredibly cute smile and the most heartbreakingly blue eyes. Danny (laughs) was definitely crush material, but he was unbelievably shy. He almost never dated, and Jessica wasn't doing very very well trying to get his attention. So, she yeah, and this Jessica yeah. isn't gonna do it. She also finds out that Claire was talking to Danny, and that just further makes her hate Claire. Yep, just like because because at this point Claire's a teammate, so yeah. Danny's talking to one of his bros. Danny's talking to one of his bros about one of the few things that he seems to externally mm-hmm. really, like, get into, which is football. Yeah. So he's talking to his football bro about sports. And, of course, these girls never pause to think, like, does Claire even like boys, you know? That's, that's... I'm, I'm like, I, in my, my, like, I'm seeing these girls, like, flip the fuck out, and I'm like, guys, Claire's gay. Like, <laughs> I'm, be, like, I'm, like, hello, she's the, she's the football lesbian. Like, come on now. But, like, of course we learned that, at the very least, Claire is bisexual because Claire, well, no, we don't because Claire didn't have a boyfriend. No. Claire didn't have a boyfriend. We think that, yes, very, so 
it's a very sad fucking backstory. We also think when, like, when I also thought, oh, like, Ted, a boy? Like, okay, all right. Yeah, I was like, mm, oh, didn't realize. <laughs> but um, the, the cheerleaders have a multi-pronged, like, basically, they are... They're going to try to dissuade Claire from her mission to be on the football team. And that's where the pranks come in. Yeah, they want to make her so miserable that she, like, isn't, that it's not worth it to continue trying to play football. So they just do some dumb pranks and they they enlist some boys on the... Toothpaste in her shoes. Like, real, real, just really not nuisance stuff. And none of that works. So meanwhile, they're also trying to, like, make up a mean cheer about Claire, which sucks as as a strategy. Like, how rude. And like yeah, just like a super anti-women, like give us a quarterback that's not a girl. Yeah. It's like oh, and it's like shit, it's weird Jessica. that the cheerleaders all seem to think like oh that'll be really fun and funny. That'll really stick it to her. It's upsetting, yeah. but yeah. So Terry overhears this plot and she has this bizarre moment. And this is unbelievable. It's unbelievably bizarre. She's like she Terry can Terry is overhearing them talking about how they're gonna hurt someone. Like she's listening to them conspire. Right. And still decides to become complicit. Well, in this. not only does she decide, but she says, um, like after she says, like, oh, well, there's this guy Ted that made her really emotional. I think it's an ex-boyfriend. And then they're like, oh, we're gonna say in the cheer, we're gonna say the phrase we know about Ted at the end as like a stinger, which is so dumb. But which is so um, dumb because nobody knows who Ted is, so they don't really know. But they no. they know that Ted exists. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah. Terry felt a little queasy. What had she done? She'd never schemed like this against someone before. Was she losing her mind? Arguably. But this was no time to question herself. She'd had it with being... Like, she is on the precipice. She knows it's wrong. She knows it's wrong. She's feeling sick inside about it. And yet... She'd had it with being sensitive and keeping her feelings to herself. The world didn't (laughs) reward people like that. The world rewarded fighters like Claire. <laughs> so she's the like the amount of projection Terry is doing <laughs> is unbelievable. I'm going to be like Claire and stick stick with my guns to fuck over yeah. Claire. Like <laughs> yeah. oh man, Claire who did nothing gonna do, to me. I'm going to be like Claire who is only minding her business yeah. and I'm going to fuck up someone else's business. So then the very next page after Terry has this thought, she we are with Elizabeth Wakefield at home. She's talking to Jessica and um, Jessica says, or she says to Jessica, do you think Claire's going to pull this thing off and edge Ken out today? Because now it's down to just, uh, yeah, I guess Claire can. And this, this this other guy is still in it, isn't he? And there also are two openings. It's like, who's the star well, yeah, no, it's, quarterback it's the, and who's the backup? Yeah, it's it's, it's the first string and it's, it's QB1, QB2. And they're mm-hmm. entering the final scrimmage. Yeah. Like it's A team, B team, one versus the other. And it's really just the two of them. Yeah. First, second string. So... Jessica sighed dramatically. Why does everyone give Claire so much attention? Just wait till after today. Once she realizes she isn't going to be quarterback, she won't be so full of herself all the time. Elizabeth took a sip of orange juice. My sister the psychic, she teased. How do you know that Claire isn't going to be quarterback? Isn't that a little sexist of you? (laughs) I'm not sexist. I just happen to think it's ridiculous for a girl to try out for a boys football team. (laughs) Jessica snapped. And like Jessica doesn't even think that no. I don't. I don't. Je- Jessica just all the only problem Jessica has is she's not getting the attention right. she wants. And like, Claire is getting a lot of attention. 
Yeah, all of this is for Jessica is just it's all yeah. MacGuffins. That's really what she's around Jessica yeah. wants to be the center of Everybody's attention. Everybody's jealous of Claire. Terry's jealous of Claire. Jessica's jealous of Claire because for completely yeah. different yeah. fucking reasons. But like the Sweet Valley News has even like done a piece about Claire. So Jessica's like this. She basically Jessica equates so anyone getting attention with that person being full of themselves as if they yes. have asked for the attention. I don't know. Which Jessica is is yes and of course. i would i would argue jessica wouldn't even say she's not full of herself i don't think jessica would be the one to be like i'm not conceited she would just be like i'm not conceited but if i was that would be totally fine and i would yeah. deserve to be conceited. why shouldn't like, i be conceited yeah <laughs> exactly like she's she's a she's a classic mean girl she's perfect she's hot cheerleader conceited she's she is yeah. our leah pipes from sorority row mm-hmm. and this really i mean it goes to that uh, sorority row place pretty quickly, right? Because then <laughs> Stephen Wakefield, the twins' older brother, comes home from college and Elizabeth starts talking a little bit about Claire Middleton. And Stephen is like, hmm, Middleton. I, Middleton. I know that name. I never. I wonder if there's any connection. Nah, probably not. And then we find out the connection. Jesus. I mean, devast- I was like, like, it's a devastating turn. Especially because like, we oh. already know what these cheerleaders have planned. And I'm like, so, okay, we should tell the gladiators what the, what the connection is who ted is yeah he's he's he he knows that he like lived with like their older brother lived with a friend of this ted middleton Middleton. who was a star quarterback who had all this going for him sounds like he was a fucking saint and then he died yeah he had like it was like an aneurysm wasn't it i thought it was like it was like a brain cancer a brain tumor yeah it was a tumor it was a brain which is interesting because ken also had a brain something because that's what yeah like this is like a real soap opera like it's just traumatic brain incidents Mm -hmm. and like he he was fine he had his everything ahead of him he was a star and then he got diagnosed and then a a short time later he was like a month later or something yeah he's like probably 19 maybe 20 Mm -hmm. at the most and he fucking died so then, and like, and then immediately in my mind, I go back to the now devastating detail that Claire shared with us at the very beginning of the book when Elizabeth is interviewing her for the first time, when she's like, yeah, my family wanted to move into a smaller house. It's like, oh. they, they wanted to downsize because they their lives and their home was so empty after the death of their mm-hmm. young son. Yeah. So they moved somewhere else to not be haunted by his memory in a community of constant grief, which was the other town they lived in. So they moved here. And we know, and I'm like, I'm reading this being like, someone's going to stop this, right? Yes, Like, we're finding out right now because someone's going to intervene before they have a chance to give the cheer. It's the race to the finish. Like, now we have a ticking clock. Like, Elizabeth needs to find Jessica or Terry. Somebody needs to find out the chain of events to stop them from doing this cheer. And I was sure that they were going to stop them. I was sure. I thought they were, too. That they were going to, like, it was going to be a moment of truth and they were going to find out before they did the cheer. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happens. And then the book even stretches out the cheer, right? Because it has these different sections. Yeah. And it shows the, like, the audience leaning in to hear. And it starts out... 
who wants a guy when a girl like Claire can throw the ball from here to there? (laughs) Who needs a guy when a girl gives more? She steals the ball. She makes the score. Okay, that's a change of tune. She steals, as the quarterback, she steals the ball. (laughs) They don't know shit about football. With all the balls, Jessica's already revealed that that she doesn't know anything about football when she, she was surprised that Claire did, even though she is literally at every football game because she's a cheerleader. (laughs) Then, um, this brought more cheers from the stands. Claire was setting her water bottle down, a half smile on her face, when Jessica signaled for the last and final verse of their customized cheer. Jesus. Who needs a guy when a girl instead can play like Claire? We know about Ted. (laughs) I, terrible. Absolutely terrible, forced, uh, uh, ridiculous. I mean, saying it now, it's hard to fully paint just how unbelievable and awful it is, but it's just like, picture this poor girl. She's When you're following it by the page by page, it was it's so like, intense. I'm glad you had the it, same reaction. No, I was like, I was like, this can't go on. Like, this can't happen. Because it just, like, again, the this was bullying. This was like the pinnacle of bullying, like, before social media. Like, this is, mm-hmm. this was an organized effort this is a team of the prettiest most popular girls in school yeah deciding to destroy someone in front of everybody and and in, in their moment of-, of triumph and what they're saying is like claire plays football claire's football playing brother is dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, we claire's great at football and her brother's fucking dead basically Ha-ha! yeah hey, and that would have been a good it. rhyme like, if they'd known that with ted oh you know? my and like claire completely understandably marches off the field. She's like, I quit. I can't do this. And Coach Schultz is pissed and everybody's confused. And then Elizabeth goes up to Jessica and is like, what the actual fuck did you just do? What have you done? And Jessica's like, what? You know, she's oblivious, but she is completely mortified when she finds out. And that's where it's like the full Jessica. Like she does something that's worse than she realized how bad it was. And then she feels awful, but it's too late because the damage is done. But... And the... the no, I was just going to say, Jessica and Amy Sutton, who is, like, maybe Jessica, but, like, worse. Um, worse. Seems worse. Uh, Amy she, seems worse. They're both like, but it was Terry who told us it's Terry's fault. And Elizabeth is like, Terry Adams? Like, the girl who, yeah. who like, single-handedly got Ken Matthews through his blindness? Like, what? This is a nice yeah. girl. Yeah, no, yeah, classic fucking deception. Yeah. Terry the wolf in sheep's clothing and over so here. And so then Elizabeth goes to talk about, to Terry. She's like, what did you do? And Terry was like, oh, well, I mean, I didn't think she was going to react like that. Like, that seems, if she's going to react like that, like, she shouldn't be on the team anyway. And Elizabeth is like, oh, so you don't know who Ted is? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. speculated completely blindly yeah. about private information in someone's mm-hmm. life and used it to to make fun of them in some capacity that you weren't sure of, but you you were sure enough that it would strike a chord, like a raw nerve with them, that you wanted to do it because the point was to hurt her. Like, that's the thing. You might not have sco- known the scope of the harm, but you did it to hurt her. Yeah. That was the whole point. It wasn't like, oh, they made up a cheer for someone who they're friends with, and it's like, tee-hee-hee, and we're all going to get, we're all going to laugh about it at the sleepover kind right. of thing. Which is usually like, that's the only kind of prank that's like, socially acceptable as not bullying although frankly i still never get it like i have never really no, no, understood I don't, I don't, pranks mm-hmm. like so you're gonna be I'm mean to somebody like, to because show you like them i don't get it no and i i as somebody who loves sports i can't um i can't participate in like playful ribbing <laughs> like i can't 
give you shit about your team and you give me shit about mine because I just take it personally. <laughs> so if you like give me shit about my team, you're like, haha, the Ducks really fucked that up today. I'm like, yeah, I hope you die alone in a fire. <laughs> I hope your whole family goes with you. How about that, huh? So I don't I don't do it. I can't I cannot give and take it. So I don't want to participate in it at all because I know I'm not good at it. And I will just want to say something really mean to you because I will immediately take personally what you did to me. Mm -hmm. So I can't even do that kind of fun, jokey stuff with something that matters to me. And so like this is just like fundamentally this is like the point, Terry. Again, you didn't know the details, which Ignorance and malice have the same fucking end result, Terry. Yeah. And the fact that you didn't know and thought just recklessly that it, whatever it was couldn't be that big a deal is like, then what, what the hell do you know? I mean, that's that kind is of so the, presumptuous of you. Kind of the message of and, the book, right? Like that ignorance and malice have the same end result. Same end result, man. I don't care if you meant to or you didn't. Yeah. The fact that the, the fact that you proceeded out of ignorance means you're reckless. If you proceeded out of malice, it means you're deeply cruel like and but guess what the end result is the same a deeply wounding this person and exploiting the worst thing that has ever happened to them and i i get that it, i and like watch the speed with which this resolves in the book was the most harrowing thing of all to me like i knew it had to i was like <laughs> of course we're gonna have to move the pace of this book but i was like well you I'm can see how this. few pages are left too right so it's like i hope it resolves because some of them lately have not really been resolving this one at least does so and I, it was like, I was like, this better end with suspensions. Like, these girls better be fucking suspended. Oh, if only Sweet Valley High the, cared about bullying. <laughs> Jessica should be kicked off the fucking team. I don't think Pi Beta like, Alpha would exist anymore, frankly. That's it. Pi Beta Alpha, shut that fucking thing down. Ken, break up with Terry. Like... I well, want I want a Kevin, page of dialogue where Claire looks into the eyes of Terry and says, you're a horrible person. I can't <laughs> fucking believe you. This is so, this was so cruel. Your capacity for meanness is shocking. You're a bad person, Terry. You're a bad person. And you better live with that for the rest of your life now, Terry. Ken and Terry were already a little bit on the rocks at the time all this went down because because Terry was like, I don't know. They have an interesting exchange where Ken says something like, if you think gratitude is the foundation of a good relationship, you're wrong. And and yeah, um, I thought, yeah, it's interesting. So Terry's jeal- is just like peak jealousy. And now she's even more sure that she's about to lose Ken um, no matter what. But she does think she's going to lose Ken to Claire. But then when Elizabeth and Terry, Elizabeth like reveals to Terry just the depth of how bad what she did was. Terry, you know, is immediately more mortified even than Jessica for her participation. We got a glimpse of how Terry already thought yeah. it was a bad idea as soon as she did yeah. it. And then Jessica, I mean, sorry, Elizabeth is in classic Elizabeth Wakefield fashion is like, <laughs> we can go talk to Claire together right now. Like, let's go yeah. talk to her because it we might not be too late for her to still get a chance to be yeah. the quarterback. And Terry, yeah, to she's her blown credit, her, she's blown her tryout at this point. To her credit, Terry does say, I have to do this myself. Like, it'll be more yeah, powerful she's right. if I go alone. And so then she goes to Claire's house and she and Claire have like a heart to heart where she apologizes, but also finds out that she was totally wrong about Ken. Claire says that Ken talks about Terry all the time. I hated Terry getting the satisfaction in that moment. That (laughs) that confrontation 
turning into like Terry becoming Claire's first friend and Terry learning that Ken just thinks she hangs the moon. I was like, this yeah. fucking sucks. But Claire sucks. does get, she does the very awesome thing of like, listen, I will give you the satisfaction of trying, like not having ruined my life by going to talk to Colt Schultz, but only yeah. if you now go talk to Ken and you talk to him about how you're feeling. Now, I thought it was interesting yeah. that Claire didn't even say you need to tell Ken what you did. She just says you need to tell Ken how you feel. But Terry yeah. does tell Ken what she did. And there, Ken is kind of dumb. I have to say it's a little bit of a himbo. So he's okay. kind of like. That makes sense. Oh, Terry, no, that was wrong. Uh, guess yeah. we have some <laughs> problems. Um, but I love you so much. Like, it's going to be yeah. great. You know, it's no, I was never yeah. into Claire. She was just my teammate. Claire, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Terry, it's all good. So. And I th- and that, yeah. that Terry goes to him and says what she did. And like, he's he's outraged for a moment. And then it immediately goes to like. I'm here because of you and you're my best friend and I love you so much. And it's like, you need, you need to break up with this bad scene. (laughs) Like this girl needs to be alone because we know so much more even than like the act of what she did to Claire is terrible. And the entire time we spend in her head flipping out about Claire, it doubles, makes all of it worse. It's like, <laughs> well, Terry, you are Terry hasn't been a major character person. in these books. And in the previous book, she was pretty much a saint. So I'll be curious if she comes back in a future book and if she falls into this trap again, because this is something we just recently saw with a character named Neil Fremont, who in both his initial major appearance in a book and then his next appearance, in both cases, he does something pretty fucked up, but sees the error of his weight. Like he's, he's like convinced by a friend to be involved in a bad situation. And yeah. then he feels bad about it and then he sort of like gets redeemed at the end and it happens twice and in both books that are like 20 books apart or something and it's kind of like his girlfriend should probably also break up with him because it's just like he has this is a pattern of behavior penny but whatever they're 16 penny damn so coach schultz oh go ahead like yeah and, and and claire 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 was a total bitch to jessica but the the speed with which Claire arrives at, like, and I need to, and, like, I owe Jessica and them an apology for, like, mm-hmm. being mean to her. It's like, this is in principle true, but now you owe them nothing. That's, I, that you're totally right. It does all add up to a very, like, very satisfyingly happy ending, except for yeah. if you're, you know, feeling this injustice to a sense where everybody is so excited cheering for her. Also, they win the big, oh, I mean, I guess I should say, that oh, Coach yeah. Schultz agree, does agree to let her onto the team. Yeah, Ken gets first string, she gets second yeah, string. Yeah, and she's happy to just be officially on the team and, like, ride the bench. But Coach Schultz says something interesting, as reported by by uh, Claire. He says, I don't want to bore you guys with details, but basically he said that, first of all, I should never have walked off the field no matter what. Second, he said I was in an unusual situation because everyone was watching me. According to Coach Schultz, people sexist people, that is, like to say girls are too emotional to play sports seriously, too high strung. He said, I played right into people's expectations. And Terry says, that's kind of harsh under the circumstances, Terry objected. 
Terry is right. Yeah, well, he did get human for just a second, Claire said, smiling. He said that he knew my brother and really admired him, and that if he'd been in my shoes, he might have done the same thing. So anyway, I thought that was kind of an interesting glimpse into what feels like kind of like the way that it might really have played out if this were a real situation. Like And like, hey, hey, if this coach knew who fucking Ted mm-hmm. was, and then he hears that why wasn't Coach Schultz marching right yeah. up to those cheerleaders and being like, get your little asses off this field right now. You will meet me you will meet me in the principal's office or swift disciplinary action tomorrow morning. Instead he's like, well, self police kids Seriously, yeah. Jesus, but as you said, if only Sweet Valley High cared about bullying. And we know that Coach Schultz and Chrome Gnome Cooper have been having lots of meetings about Claire anyway to try to like go over the rule book to make sure that there's not some loophole that can prevent her from auditioning. I mean, sorry, from trying auditioning, from from trying out to be on the team. But don't do anything to stop the harassment campaign. She spent a lot more time trying to figure out if there was some fine print that could keep a girl off the team. (laughs) Yeah. And so in the big game against oh, against yeah. Big Mesa, Tell us. Uh, I was ve- I was glad to see that Ken's vision does become an issue because yes, it seems like that would be really catalyzing, like traumatic, physical, like it, it, yeah, a physical routine, like physical abuse to like then be back on a football field and taking hits. He he starts blacking in and out during the game, and he, he says, pulls himself out of the you game. Need to take me out, yeah. Yeah, he pulls him, he, like, because Terry's like, are you okay? He's like, yep, fine. And I was like, he's not going to do this till he gets, like, like concussed again. Is blind he? Like, again, I was yeah. worried he was going to have to get taken off the field in a stretcher. Right. And then Claire was going to come on. But he finally relents and is like, coach, you got to take me out of the game. Like, I can't see. I, I was wrong. I shouldn't have come back this soon. Claire gets put on the field. First play, I think first play she's in. Scores like, a touchdown. Off, dif- offensive line opens up a hole. She's. She gets a rushing touchdown straight away. Like, game's tied, and boom, 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 boom. Claire ends up marching them to victory, completes a pass within the closing seconds of the game. 21 to se- twenty-one to 14, Sweet Valley wins it. She's carried off the field as a hero. They- there is a good celebratory cheer. Like, the, the cheerleaders have made a, like, pro-Claire, pro-feminist, pro-girl cheer for Claire. And that, and, you know, we... We get our happy ending. Like, the next day in school, Terry, Liz, and Claire are all talking. Terry's like, Claire, I'd like to have lunch with you sometime. And Claire's like, that'd be really great. When I really wanted to, like, yeah, I'll think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm not closing the door, but, like, you need to earn my trust and friendship because of what I know about you as a person. I'm taking a big risk potentially trusting you because you are a fucking live wire and I don't think I can like actually feel safe around you and so she's like I'd really like to have lunch with you she's theoretically apologized to the cheerleaders at this point for being a total bitch to Jessica which she was uh and yeah I just wanted Claire to hold a grudge considerably long. I think perhaps because that's essentially how the last book ended maybe the authors Ah. of this book were like let's Let's have this one just have a purely happy ending for everybody. Okay, okay. The final cheer, the pro-Claire cheer is, Who needs a guy when you've got Claire? She runs, she scores, she gets you there. Of all the heroes, (laughs) she's the best, the greatest player in the West. Go team! Yeah, yeah. Surely devised by Jessica herself. Yes. Um, Yeah, it was, like, Claire, watching Jessica be 
watching Jessica be upset for a second and be like, oh my God, what have I done? But then like knowing she was going to get absolved so fast, I was like, no, Jessica deserves mm-hmm. like something bad. Uh, and Liz clearly pillar of, pillar of reason. Yeah. I want to talk a little <laughs> bit more about Liz and Jessica and all of this in um, extra drama. I'll tell you what that is in a second. But um, <laughs> for now, let's just tell the gladiators that the book closes out with um, Jessica finding out that there's like a, a guy named Eric Parker who's looking for a typical oh, God, all-American yeah. teen to be on his talk show. I don't know why, but we're about to find out a lot more. I do. And I, I love that he's like, yeah, he's looking for an all-American teen. And Jessica's like, Claire's not, Claire's kind of unusual. Like, she's she's not, like, a standard representative teen. And then they mention some other girl who's, like, probably Lila the Fowler, richest one yeah. in the entire school. What's her name? Lila Fowler. Lila Fowler. She's like, and Lila's dad owns half of Southern California. That's hardly normal. And I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, that's funny. Yeah. That's actually funny. Because basically, I mean, Lila is the main, is Jessica's, like, best frenemy basically so ah uh, yeah 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 um her dad's on that oh yeah southern california so usually That's jessica's schemes are kind of against lila like more often than anyone else and that's <laughs> that's like less upsetting because they're both awful yeah and they're and and she's the richest girl yeah. in school so it's kind of like and lila can okay, dish it like, out she's too. ultimately lila's gonna be fine no matter what yeah she can dish it out too so it's like an e- they're evenly matched and it's fun when that happens anyway here's the yeah, here is the tease yeah and our send-off into into the next episode will jessica get her big chance to be on tv find out in sweet valley high number 71 and i love this title starring jessica <laughs> amazing <laughs> starring jessica is a fantastic title it is and um you want to see what it looks like yeah oh yeah definitely <laughs> it's a little weird is that supposed to be jessica yeah but she's like dolled up like a tv reporter or something in this one that's not her normal look but she looks like she looks like a 37 year old <laughs> like local meteorologist yeah. like a, on 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 the another, local news affiliate there's another jessica from an earlier book that's more and who's who is now roger is roger barrett the boy on the cover with her yeah who's roger barrett he's this guy who used to be poor but then his um <laughs> his parents died and he found out that he was actually the nephew of the richest uh uh man in town mr patman wow so he, so he was a rags to riches guy which i think is why that book is called rags to riches he's a rags to riches guy. yeah are liz are liz and jessica rich they are comfortably upper middle class i would say yeah they, they yeah but in this book that's like normal you know they're just like having yeah that money. seems to be that seems to be yeah. the sweet valley like vibe yeah. well let's talk a little bit more in extra drama but for now let me just say jordan thank you so much for joining me here on sweet valley diaries thank you for having this was grand I really return. Just feels like it was a perfect a perfect entry for me to have, yes. to have tackled. I'm so glad I had you here for this. Um, and Gladiators, we'll see you next week. Uh, until next time, remember, the lesson of this book we already said, it's that uh, ignorance and malice can lead to the same conclusion. That's fucking right. <laughs> what a lesson. <laughs> <laughs>